Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. story today I'm going to talk about that happened when I was in college. Whoa. So there you go. Of course, again, of course you are. Two minds think alike. We are as one. Um, <laughs> so I was going to the University of Oregon. Go Ducks. Go in, Ducks. In uh, 1997. And during that time, X-Files was a huge show on TV. There was paranormal alien type stuff was really big in pop culture. So it was really interesting because one night I was at home and I was watching CNN or it was on the TV. I don't know if I actually was watching it in those days because as a college student, I probably didn't care. But CNN was on. And I remember seeing a news story regarding an unidentified aircraft flying over the city of Phoenix, Arizona. And it got my attention because I never had heard before of a potential real alien story on the news where it could actually be real aliens. It was always something that was laughed off and nobody ever took it seriously. So now here it is on CNN. I'm like, what is going on? I watched the story. I remember watching it and uh, then it kind of disappeared from the media, and I never heard about it again, so I never really thought about it again. Fast forward a few years later, and I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. I get a job at a construction company, and one day I'm walking past my coworker's cubicle. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I can't picture you working for a construction company. Well, it was in a big, tall building. It wasn't like on a con- on a construction site or anything. Oh, okay. You didn't was, have one of those hard helmets or No, anything? God, no. It was like a worldwide construction company, and they just happened to have some offices in Phoenix. Okay. So I worked at their offices. Um, so no, it wasn't like I was on a site or anything like that. <clears throat> but I walked past my coworker's cube, and she's got this image hanging up in her cube of a... It looks like a computer-generated image. Um, It's like a boomerang-shaped object floating in the sky with big round lights on its underside. Yep, that's a UFO. (laughs) Good, Carol. (laughs) Thank you. Glad I I could be helpful. (laughs) Well, then why did I have to ask her, what the hell is that? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Shit. Holly, you didn't know what it was? I, I was like, well, it's a weird thing to have hanging up in your cubicle. I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh, freak alert. Yeah freak alert (laughs) exactly like is that just like a weird boomerang like what is the significance of this thing hanging up in your cube and she goes oh well that flew over my house a couple of years ago (laughs) and i then i remembered seeing the news story on cnn and i'm like i remember that being on the news and she started telling me about it and that incident has uh, come to be known as the, the Phoenix, Phoenix Lights. Lights. Or some people call them the Arizona Lights because it actually did affect the entire state, not just Phoenix. Oh, wow. But Phoenix had the most views, and so it kind of goes with the Phoenix Lights, whatever. But anyway, that's what I'm doing tonight, the Phoenix Lights. I have always been fascinated with that incident. It I is, can't wait to hear. It's pretty cool. And there's a really – I got the majority of my information for um, tonight from a documentary also on Amazon Prime called The Phoenix Lights Beyond Top Secret Expanded and Updated. 
So it's a really good documentary. And it really, after watching that, you're like, okay, there's some, there's something. I mean, I've always kind of thought that there was, but there's really been no hard definitive proof. Kind of like Bigfoot. Really, yeah. just like Bigfoot. Like, you kind of have all this evidence, but yet you have nothing concrete. I feel like with these types of events, it's almost like you have to see it to believe it. Yes. It's like the um, the 1967 Willow Creek Bigfoot footage. The Phoenix Lights is that for UFOs. In 1995, there was a woman named Dr. Lynn Kitai and her husband, and they witnessed three amber orbs in a triangular pattern floating off at a distance from their balcony. Uh, they lived on a hillside in Paradise Valley, which is a suburb of Phoenix. As they watched these oval orbs, they noticed that they seemed to be quite different from the other lights that lit the city of Phoenix. These lights did not glare. They were perfectly contained in their oval shape. The lights also made no sound. Dr. Kitai took photos, and as she did, one of the orbs dimmed and went out completely. Then on January 22nd, 1997, Dr. Kitai again sees three more amber orbs, uh, this time in a straight line formation. These were very similar to the amber orbs she'd seen back in 1995. Uh, then the next night, the orbs were back, and this time they were hovering in front of South Mountain in Phoenix. So she grabs her video camera to film them, but her batteries die, and she doesn't get any footage. So when she looks up again, the lights are gone. Later that night, when her husband gets home, she starts to explain to him what she had seen, and as she points out in the direction of South Mountain, she sees that the lights are back, but this time there are six more amber orbs in a straight line above the original three orbs she had seen. She grabs her camera and starts to take photos. The next day, she calls the local newspaper, the Arizona Republic, to inquire as to what the lights might be. They don't know, so they direct her to the Luke Air Force Base, which is located on the west fringe of Phoenix. Luke Air Force Base had no answers for her, so they directed her to the Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, as the airport is located in front of South Mountain where she saw the lights. So she called the airport, and she found out that the air traffic controllers also saw the lights. They said they saw the first three at 8 p.m. and the other six lights at 8.30 p.m. The air traffic controller she talked to said they could see them with their eyes, but they could not pick them up on their radar. He said that they saw the six lights moving together and that they disappeared behind the mountain. And so when she said, what were they? She said, there was a long pause. And then he said, beats me. <laughs> I love that. It's very, uh, I don't, I don't well, ask why questions. Why the fuck I just, should I know? <laughs> I just get paid to sit here and look at the screen. And All my job is, is to watch for objects in the sky to land at the airport. Why would I care what these lights are? <laughs> <laughs> or, or was he told to not care? I don't know. In quotes. <gasps> I don't know, but I think that's so funny. He's like, I don't know what they are. Okay, <laughs> so that brings us to March 13th, 1997. This is the big sighting. A rather large unidentified flying object, as well as several other smaller unidentified objects, flew over the city of Phoenix and the entire state of Arizona. The sightings started about 5.30 p.m. and lasted until 2 in the morning. The sightings Ooh, went... that's a long time. I didn't realize time. it yeah. lasted that long. Yeah, it freaked people out. The sightings went as far as Nevada and Mexico. 
And this was witnessed by everybody, not just Dr. Kitai this time. Everybody saw this. People were freaking out, calling the news stations, the radio stations, the newspapers, 911, Luke Air Force Base, the airport. My grandma. Your grandma trying to find out what the hell was in the sky above Phoenix, Arizona. The witnesses said that the craft had about five large amber orbs floating within it with two large amber orbs following behind. Sometimes people saw as many as nine lights. The lights were attached to a V-shaped craft that moved very slowly and made no sound. It is believed that the craft was flying under the usual aircraft height for the area, which meant it was flying below 3,000 feet, just over the rooftops of the houses of Phoenix. One witness said it was so low to the ground, she thought she could reach up and touch it. One of the pilots that witnessed the craft was trying to determine if it was a plane, but realized if it was a plane, it was simply moving too slow to stay in the air. Therefore, it couldn't be a plane. The V-shaped craft was said to be so big that people couldn't even see the whole object in their line of sight. One witness described it as big as several football fields large. Whoa. Another guesstimated that its left wing of the aircraft alone was about a mile long. Which is huge. I, like, I would... I would be like having a heart attack. I know. Right then. I know. And so there was a pilot who was also flying in that night and saw it. And he said that the, the object blocked out most of the lights in Northern Phoenix. <laughs> That's how big that motherfucker was. It was huge. Huge. The witnesses described the lights as similar to canned lights that you would find in a ceiling. They had no glare to them which is exactly what Dr. Kitai described the light she saw in 1995. The lights were described as perfect, made of light, with light swimming around inside of the light in a perfect orb shape. Many witnesses believe that the lights themselves are alive and full of intelligence. They were not spotlights. They were just glowing orbs that would go out and come back on occasionally. So expand on why they thought these were intelligent lights. I think it was just opinion. I think I think people were in such awe of what they were seeing that it just they didn't feel threatened. Most of the people that were interviewed said they did not feel threatened, but just in awe. And right. I guess maybe that's why. They they said they'd never seen lights like it before. So I think that's part of it too. I'm not sure. The sighting also happened when the Hale-Bopp comet was supposed to be visible to people in the night sky. So there were already a lot of people looking up at the sky. So um, they say at least 10,000 people witnessed the event. Maybe this was the spaceship that the Heaven's Gate cult was trying to get to that was following in the tails of a comet. When you Google Heaven's Gate, um, it says they <laughs> ceased operations March 26, 1997. When were the Phoenix Lights? Yeah, March what? 13th, 1997. Oh my dude. God, you guys, we broke the case. Wow. When, when was the suicide? Was it March 26th? I'm assuming so, just based on that. Uh, that's so weird. Let's see. I've got chills right now. That's so weird. So it was between March 22nd and March 26th. But still, I bet yeah. you that's the spaceship they were looking for. Mm -hmm. They so were there bummed was... that it didn't, didn't arrive. So they knew it went to Phoenix. That probably already just reinforced their belief that it was true. I bet you money. That's why they yeah, did it. And they, I wouldn't be surprised. They thought that it would then come yeah. over to California yeah. after visiting. They believe Arizona. that that spaceship was their their ticket out of here, and they're like, you know, all we have to do is commit suicide, and we're going to make it. 
You might have to do a second, like a kind of a, a Heaven's Gate follow up. Maybe I will do a Heaven's Gate. I think so. It's so very creepy. It is that creepy. footage of them all dead in their bunk beds. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. That was awful. We should just do one on cults in general. Okay, so nine one one operators got hundreds of calls from all over. They didn't really know what to do because they never had a deal with alien or spaceship calls before. <laughs> they just told people that they had the police helicopters up and they were checking it out. Weather balloons, people. Weather balloons. <laughs> just ch- chill out. Apparently, Luke Air Force Base did send up a couple of planes to check it out. They indicated that the craft was not on their radar, but they were able to capture images of it. When they returned to the base, one of the pilots had to be helped out of his plane because he was so freaked out by what he had seen. Lord. And and can he? Can we interview him? I wish. I have, I'm Obviously, they're not going to tell us who that is, but yeah. Here's a fun side story that okay. I don't, don't think you guys probably know, and I didn't know until I started researching this. But another person who saw the lights was actor Kurt Russell. I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, everybody loves Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell apparently has his pilot's license and he was flying his stepson Oliver Hudson into Phoenix so Oliver could visit his girlfriend at the time. As they approached the airport, Oliver said, what are those lights? Kurt didn't know, so he called it into the airport and they told him they did not have the lights on their radar and he was cleared to land. So he went ahead and landed and he dropped off Oliver and then he went back to LA. He had no idea that there was even an event until years later when he noticed that Goldie Hawn, his girlfriend slash common-law wife, Yay, Goldie. Goldie, Love her. Was watching a movie on UFOs and it mentioned the Phoenix Lights. His memory was triggered and he went back and he checked his logbook and there that he was in Phoenix on that night and that those were the lights he saw. Spooky. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So yeah, Kurt Russell, we all trust him. So he believed what he yeah, saw he was a bunch of crap. He wouldn't make up shit. <laughs> no, of course not. Goldie would, but I don't think Russell would. <laughs> Goldie would. <laughs> yeah, we can't trust her as far as we can throw her. People were not, like I said earlier, people were not scared of the lights. They were amazed. They knew what they saw was not normal. Of the thousands of people that called 911 or newspapers or their government council people, they all reported seeing the exact same thing. Everyone agreed that these were the five main things that they saw. It was a giant V-shaped object. It had five to nine glowing amber orb lights. It moved very slowly. It was very low to the ground, and it made no sound. It was like a stealth fighter. Yes. That's kind of how I imagine it. But you know, like those stealth bombers, and they look like the bat um, planes, Batman plane, but without, like, it's more like a boomerang. It's not filled in in the middle. That's how I picture this object. And there's video footage of it. I'm sure you guys have seen the video footage, but it's dark, and it's hard to tell because it's far away. But um, yeah, just like a, a, a boomerang, a giant boomerang with a bunch of lights. What I find interesting about this is that it, eyewitness testimony usually deviates from person to person. It's why they can't always just rely solely on eyewitness tes- testimony to convict people in court because people will interpret what they see differently. Right. But of all of these accounts, everyone agrees on those five basic things. I think that goes to show you people were paying very close attention to it and that they were totally in awe of what they were seeing. Well, and they were taking pictures. Taking pictures and video. Have proof. Yes. So after the incident, um, a woman named Frances Barwood, uh, she's a was a Phoenix City Councilwoman, 
um, she stepped up and she tried to get answers for the people of Arizona to explain this event. When she brought it up at her council meeting, no one took her seriously. And in fact, she was talked to about it later and told to, to just drop it. She then wrote a letter to Senator John McCain. He wrote a letter to the National Archives who did nothing but just file her letter away. Then Arizona State Governor Fife Symington, who was the governor at the time, held a news conference in which he made fun of the sighting and even dressed up one of his staff as an alien. I remember that. Yeah. And people were pissed because they were like, don't make fun of or light of this. Right. Something weird happened that night. Yeah, Fife. Yeah, Fife. What the fuck? What the fuck, Fife? But he does come back later in the story, so he's not completely ridiculous. Um, The Air Force tried to say it was flares, but everyone who saw it said, there's no way that was flares. Even witnesses who were prior military personnel who had experience launching those flares said, yeah, that was not flares. Um, So from the Wikipedia entry on the Phoenix Lights, Governor Fife himself said later, I'm a pilot and I know just about every machine that flies. The, the spaceship was bigger than anything that I've ever seen. It remains a great mystery. It was enormous and inexplicable. Who knows where it came from? A lot of people saw it. It was dramatic. And it couldn't have been flares because it was too symmetrical. It had a geometric outline, a constant shape. As a pilot and a former Air Force officer, I can definitively say that this craft did not resemble any man-made object I've ever seen. And it was certainly not high-altitude flares because flares do not fly in formation. Wow, that's pretty amazing he came out on record to say all that. I, I think he maybe came out later after he was done being governor, but that's what he said. So even though he made fun of it in the news, probably trying to calm everybody down, um, he did came out later and, and said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And he also said he asked Luke Air Force Base, the National Guard, and the Department of Public Safety for an answer. And no one knew what was going on and were equally as puzzled by the events. He also said that he contacted other parts of the military and asked what the lights were. And their response was no comment, even after he told them he was the governor of Arizona. You would be really cool. Like if I was you know, head of another country, like a really small, unknown country, I would just say, oh, yeah, that's my aircraft. Sorry. (laughs) We were just doing a flyby. Yeah, we own that. We We own that. We're sorry. We won't do that again. Well, that's probably what the people at the Maryland National Guard said or thought because they did say that they were dropping flares at the Barry Goldwater Range, which is next to the Estrella Mountains, where the craft seemed to head. However, there was major pushback on this theory for a number of reasons. One is that flares get dropped at the Barry Goldwater range all the time, and Phoenix residents were used to seeing them. And had this just been flares, it would not have prompted thousands of people to call in and and report what they were seeing. Also, the craft was said to be spotted originally in Paulden, Arizona, which is in northern Arizona, and headed down through Phoenix all the way south to Tucson. Flares are not known to travel hundreds of miles. They typically just fall straight down. Hmm. So there you go. So nobody's buying that. Nobody's buying that. There is a theory that the Estrella Mountains that are located southwest of Phoenix, right next to the Barry Goldwater Range, are said to have a portal in which these crafts may travel through. A portal. (laughs) The Native Americans have talked about this for years, and in fact, the word Estrella means stars. And it was named this because the UFOs have been seen in this area for centuries. 
Sedona, Arizona, which is roughly 100 miles north of Phoenix, is also said to have one of these portals. The craft was first seen in Paulden, Arizona, which is about 70 miles directly west of Sedona. So I believe the craft could have possibly come from the vortex that runs through Sedona, traveled west to Paulden, and then south to Phoenix. So here's another fun fact. Seven years earlier, the exact same thing happened in Belgium. In November of 1989, a large triangular craft with glowing lights on the underside was seen at a low altitude moving slowly through the sky. At least 143 people claimed to see the object. Two F-16s were sent up to check it out. On three occasions, they locked the radar for a moment, but then realized they'd only locked the radar on each other. The pilots eventually gave up and headed back to base. So this humongous aircraft cannot be traced on any sort of surveillance that we have. Correct. They The same exact description uh, where it flew out over Belgium, you know, and that was about you know, almost 10 years earlier. So my last part of my story is about astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who was the sixth person to go to the moon in February of 1971. He is also the founder of the Institute of Noetic Science. He said that President Truman, during his administration, put together a group of elite men to study the UFO phenomenon. These men concluded that, yes, aliens are real, we have been visited, and if aliens are hostile, there is really nothing that we can do about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think it was Stephen Hawkins that said we should not be looking for aliens. <laughs> exactly. And he was a very smart man. So to protect this information, they created the National Security Act of 1947, which gave them the ability to bury this information and keep it confidential. They denied any existence of aliens going forward, which thus started this cover-up within our government about the existence of aliens and UFOs. Mitchell himself has interviewed many high-level people who have had contact with ETs, and he received the skinny on classified events like Roswell and has learned that some of our technological advances have been due to alien technology. He even suggests that aliens prevented the Cold War from turning into World War III and that aliens are interested in our military capabilities and they want to help us keep peace on Earth. So clearly they haven't visited Earth for quite some time because <laughs> there's no peace Aww. here whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I heard that they had um, mysteriously kept like the missile silos from unlocking. And like they like... I mean, during the Cold War? Yeah. Interesting. That, that Does that mean that Reagan was trying to unlock them? No, it was just saying that um, when they were trying to do their tests, they had no control over the buttons and that they were pretty terrified because I think at one point the silo doors opened and they couldn't get them shut and they were like freaking out like what's going on it's like that clown from poltergeist I bet the aliens had control over him too they try to strangle the boy oh my Lord. <laughs> so there you go that's the phoenix lights I can't wait Thanks, for them Holly. to come back but there have been a lot of other sightings since but they tend to be more explainable than that event. No one has ever come up with a satisfactory um, explanation for the Phoenix Lights. I mean, do you think that we should be excited about aliens? Or are you of the theory, like Stephen Hawking's, that we should do everything we can to hide from the I'm aliens? I'm kind of excited. And the reason being is that clearly if this spaceship was indeed aliens they obviously have the technology to destroy us if they want to and they don't want to so if anything i think we can benefit whoa, whoa, from whoa, whoa, whoa. 
they might have just been doing like a scouting trip like I, to scout out first the like, threats. Like in Signs? Um, the movie yes, Signs? Yes, yes. Um, like in Signs. They could. And, you know, here's the thing. I think there's probably a lot of different species of aliens out there. So maybe some of them are nice and some of them are not. I get the impression from the people who witnessed the Phoenix Lights event that they were not threatened. Um, and, in fact, they were excited. So I'm going to go with that because that will help me sleep at night. Well, that's good because I'd hate to change out my canned lights in my basement <laughs> and like have to like... Maybe you should start looking at them more closely and see what you can see in them. <laughs> oh we, my God. We cracked it. We totally cracked it. You could have cracked the case. <laughs> you, you should just send it immediately to Unsolved Mysteries. You're right. Do you guys remember when that happened? SNL um, did a skit about them and it showed them making, they made it to the spacecraft and they're all partying. <laughs> no. <laughs> so no. As they approached the airport. Can you say that again? We bumped the mic. Somebody was bumping the mics. Bumping and grinding on the night mics. So if you could just do the first part where you said it and then the rest of the conversation I think is fine. Have you thought really about good. being a linguistics instructor? Or teaching English to or English just- people. <laughs> <laughs> So the last part of my story is about astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who was the sixth person to go to the moon on February of, oh, I'm sorry, uh, astronaut, fuck, last paragraph. Yeah. Last paragraph. Okay. Yeah. Okay. To protect this information, excuse me. Ah. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com, and you may hear it on a future episode.